Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we can have together. How precious the hours of the Sabbath are where you have promised us a double blessing. And, and even though the Sabbath hours are drawing near and there are things to do, uh, we are here to sit at your feet and learn of you. And so I pray that you'd help us and be, come and be our teacher, reward us, bless us, put that craving in our hearts for that strength and courage and power that only you can give. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we have a couple things to do today, but we're going to begin by having a, a friend come up, a newly, newly minted friend, Georgiana. Uh, you come on, she came by the booth yesterday. Georgiana is a chef. And Georgiana, uh, why don't you get on this side of me? Oh, we have a handheld. Okay. Close, close If we stand close together, we'd be all right. But it'd be better to have a handheld. If, if That's okay. I'll stand next to her. Oh, <laughs> wow. All right. Georgiana came by the booth yesterday. Georgiana is a chef from what state? Indiana. So from Indiana. And uh, she came by our Lifestyle Matters booth yesterday. And Georgiana has an amazing story. So Georgiana, you uh, have a very special job, but you also have a very special story. So tell me what you told me about yourself. What what your weight was uh, several years ago. My weight several years ago was 400 pounds. Okay, so, so Georgiana, you, have, uh, you were married, you have three children, and Georgiana also had learning challenges at that time where she just had, had not learned uh, to read and write. She was in a very toxic situation, and you received some very negative messages about yourself and your life and who you were. And so then you decided that you were going to just be absolutely perfect for this person. Uh, and so what happened then? You made a decision, and what, then what happened? Well, um, my youngest, my oldest daughter told my secret that I could re couldn't read and write. The Lord was like, okay, here you go. I was on a roller coaster ride. God has put me through a lot of things. I went to culinary arts, took me five years because of my learning disabilities, and now I'm a chef, and um, I've lost all the weight. I am currently now saying, done with dumb. She's going to write a book. But t tell me what happened when you lost weight the first time. How, f uh, how low did that go? Well, I forgot about that part. I was an anorexia nervosa. After I lost 400 pounds, I went down to 96 pounds. And I was put in a stress center for six months. Almost killed my kids because I had, well, if I, I'm going to write that in my book. So... It is um, something that uh, my children and I have to work through. I'm thankful that the Lord brought me out of that. And now I am working for the Lord, and I lost the weight. Yeah, Georgiana went from 98 pounds back up to 398. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, 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 then she found Christ, found peace, found her own value. Uh, found a relationship with her children, found a job, found a home with some lovely people, and found that life that abides oh, in Christ. Man. And so now here, here we are with this great testimony. Yes. Amen? Thank you let's for just give you. Let's give her a group hug. <laughs> Amen. Gosh. God bless you, dear. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing. What a miracle story. 
So you know you really can't do it for somebody else. We have all of our reasons why we want to move forward. But Gianna, the Lord healed you from the inside out and is still doing so. Uh, and so I'm just so grateful that she is here. Every one of us here has a story. Uh, and so uh, today we're talking about how you were made to make it. Is that topic worth your time today? And then we're going to go over mindset. Mindset matters. How to develop the mental metal to tunnel through trouble. And as a person who uh, started to run away from home when I was five years old, I had absolutely no recipe for solving any problem in life. Uh, I, and so I am so grateful for the tools that God places within us, that he teaches us, that, that it doesn't matter what, where you were born, what happened to you, what your genetics are, or the stupid choices you've made, whether by choice, chance, or circumstance, you were made to make it. God wants to give back to you everything that sin has broken and taken away. Amen? What committee in heaven would nominate a 20-year bulimic from age 11 to age 31, a runaway who couldn't solve problems and who was into everything bad to be health ministries director? What committee would do that? Only an angel committee. Amen? So higher than the highest ideal is God's ideal. Higher than the highest thought is God's plan and his ideal for you. Do you believe that today? There is something for you to do for the kingdom. Amen? All right. So let's, let's just start to explore this now. How many of you remember Hurricane what? Hurricane Katrina. It was a, called a superstorm, and we all vividly remember it. Is this too loud? Is my microphone too loud for you? It feels loud to me. All right. Katrina was the name of the second strongest hurricane in U.S. history. On August 23rd, 2005, do you remember watching it on television? I'm going to lower this thing. Ted, can you put the volume down on me? <laughs> a little bit? Can you put the volume down just a tad? Okay, okay thank you. On August 23, 2005, it slammed New Orleans and five Gulf states with 175-mile-an-hour winds. The epicenter was in New Orleans. 80% of New Orleans was under 20 feet of water. This hurricane affected 15 million people, and 2,000 people lost their lives. We are still recovering in that area of the United States. There is still recovery. Well, you're right. It still hits there. So the damage to the infrastructure was estimated at $75 billion, earning Katrina the title of the costliest hurricane in U.S. history. And a storm-ravaged city like New Orleans has two major challenges. Uh, and this is interesting to me because I do have... Uh, a degree in public administration, and we used to study revitalization plans for cities, and we used to study these very things before I was a practicing Christian. So a broken city has, number one, it has damaged infrastructure. What did you see when you watched on television, Katrina, what was one of the major, what were some of the major problems with infrastructure with that situation? Yes. Houses were down. When we talk about infrastructure, what do we mean? 
electricity, roads, communication, get to the victims, and so there, people were just stranded. So now this city is literally shut down. It has no synchrony. It has no economy. It has no vitality. It can't prosper. It can't move forward. It has fallen into survival mode. But there's a second problem with a city that has damaged infrastructure, and that is, the second problem is what? Weakened defenses. We saw in living color the vandalism and the violence that occurred as a result of the vulnerability of that city. And so it was very susceptible to a criminal element. So this broken city has ceased normal function and now has switched to survival mode. Have you ever had someone ask you how you're doing and you say, I'm just surviving. I'm just hanging in there. Yeah. Well, I, that brings me to, to uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 20. The Lord says in, through Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, that God uses the things that we can see to help us to understand clearly the things that we, what, cannot see. We want to understand clearly the things that we cannot see. So a city like this is in, is in need. It's in need of renewal, restoration, and recovery. And it takes time. And the Bible compares our broken brains, these broken brains of ours, uh, to that broken city. It says a person without self-control is just like that city that has the same two problems. It has, it is broken down, and that is what? The infrastructure of the brain is broken down, and it is what? Without walls. So we become defenseless. We become more susceptible. Now, the major storm damage in Katrina is very interesting. Was the major storm damage a result of the hurricane itself and the storm surge? Yes or no? No. What was the major damage a result of? The broken levees. That's right. So let's say we brought the Corps of Engineers in to come and fix those walls, to fix those levees. Would the city then be healed? So th it's the same thing with our, these broken brains of ours. We're told in Steps to Christ, page 17, that man was originally endowed with a noble character and a well-balanced mind. How many of you would like all of that back? <laughs> that he, we want to get it all back, but it takes time and it takes perseverance. And so when a person recognizes that they have a challenge, whether it's stress, whether it's depression, whether it's an addiction, whether it's obesity, whether it's a metabolic condition that is caused by lifestyle problems, it is going to take time to heal the brain. You can throw the cigarettes away. You can get rid of the soda pop. Uh, you can get rid of the pornography. Put the computer in a central location. We can do all of these things, but we all want instant, complete recovery. But it takes time to sweep up the mess. And when we understand that, then we can actually learn to have joy in the journey. Amen. You know, the problem is we will make a decision that we are going to reach a certain goal. I remember a dear friend of mine, she was about 80 pounds overweight, and she made a decision she was going to lose this weight. 
She had had eating other kinds of eating disorders as well. And so she set herself a goal, and she was miserable, 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 unhappy, miserable, 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 and then she reached her goal. And do you think she was just all of a sudden happy now that she reached this weight goal? No, because there's an awful lot more that needs healing. The Lord wants us to have joy. It is his joy that is our strength. We are very goal-oriented. Oh, and by the way, she gained all her weight back, plus interest. Because there was so much healing that we have to learn to accept God's opinion of ourselves while we're on a healing journey. All right? We have to learn to enjoy his presence and learn to, to make friends with ourselves while we are learning to overcome the flaws that are very discouraging in our lives. Are, is anybody in this room hearing what I'm saying? You know, because if you're miserable all the time and unhappy and hate yourself constantly, that is not conviction. That's condemnation. And wherever you go, guess who's going to show up? You are. So we have to make friends with God, friends with ourselves, and enjoy the learning process. God does not want us to be miserable, unhappy, mournful, caught in the weeds, depressed, anxious, sad, grieving over all that we are not until we reach that goal. We will never reach it. Every day he wants to bring a refreshing into your life. Every day he wants to bring strength. Every day he wants to teach you something new. And guess what? If there's something new that you need to learn, what does that mean? It means there's something you don't know. It means that there are mistakes that are going to happen. And so that's why I'm so excited to get to the portion of this program that deals with mindset, because it's a learning mindset that actually will give you what it takes to be able to move forward in spite of obstacles, difficulties, and flat-out failures. Amen? So the brain influences that uh, the Lord wants to deal with in our lives include chronic stress, depression, bad habits and addictions, and spiritual disconnect from God. Because it's like Mencius, the Chinese sage, said. He said, knowledge imparts information, but not the power to execute. We cannot generate love for God in these rocky hearts of ours. We cannot do it. We can't. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. And as we recognize our need, we allow his love into our hearts, and then it flows out of us to a channel of blessing to ourselves and to others. But we only can come to him because we need. If you wait until you love him to come to him, you will not come. Come as you are. Come with your need. Come with your attitude. Come with your weaknesses. And he will pour his strength and love into your heart and transform you. We need new hearts, amen? New hearts, new motives, new desires, a new will. And part of that package is perseverance. We think it's like instant potatoes. You know, what's the difference between an instant potato and one you put in the oven? You have to cook the one that's in the oven, but it's the real McCoy. And he wants to put the real McCoy into our hearts. And it's a package that contains perseverance. So these brain influences are our genetics. We don't ask for our genetic package, uh, the environment we, be, we uh, are born in begins with the environment of the womb. And one out of five children born in the United States, the first environment is the, is, uh, the one out of five. They, in the womb, they're exposed to alcohol. So there are effects. Children born to obese or malnourished women 
have double the risk of diabetes growing up. Now, that doesn't mean it has to happen, but genetics is an important thing. And by the way, the PowerPoints that you are seeing are going to be free to you in just a few weeks. Uh, they are free for you to share. They are scripted that you can share in your church, and you can go to our website, Lifestyle Matters, and you can watch these presentations. Uh, they're seven minutes. You can share them in your home or in your church, and that is a decision of our brand new uh, administration, and so we can praise God that he wants your home, your church, to be a home or a church of hope. Amen? So don't forget to visit Lifestyle Matters. And the spiritual is who leads us. I love the promise in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7 says that whatever shame you have experienced, whatever you've been through, whatever happened to you when other people had control or authority over you and you had no choice, I came from an extremely violent home. Otherwise, why would a kid, little kid start running away at age five? You know, a lot of violence, a lot of awful stuff, and then the theology that I was raised with taught a picture of God that was uh, that, uh, that did not lead me to a love for God. And so, uh, so all of these, and then the genetics of, are just, just bad. They're, they're just bad people. I mean, I don't come from a long line of missionaries. I have saloon keepers, wine business, boxers. <laughs> just bad stuff. And, and yet, in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7, the Lord speaks to us, and he says, for whatever shame you've experienced, whatever you've been through on this planet, you are my witnesses, you are my people, you are my workers, and I understand what you've been dealt. I know your neighborhood, I know your house, I know your situation, I know what happened to you, I know your genes, I know the stupid choices you made when you were ignorantly alienated from the life of God, and even after you knew me, you've really put a blush on on your own face for some of the stuff we've done. Amen? Do you relate to what I'm saying right now? He says, but for what, when you consecrate yourself to me, he says, I will give you double for whatever shame you've experienced. Double. Double for your trouble. How many of you? It's like workers' compensation. So we don't have to worry about what somebody else got, what their lot is, what their, how their amazing parents and their great life and their wonderful home and their, all their money and all their stuff and their perfect family and their great boss. and uh, Who cares? God's got double blessing for you. Do you want to collect your workers' compensation? How many of you would like to collect some workers' compensation in the form of grace? Amen? Grace is power. It's power to see life through God's point of view. So rebuilding a broken city requires a plan, and so does rebuilding that broken brain, and that's what Evelyn is going to share with us in just a few minutes. I love this statement by Norman Doidge. The brain is a far more open system than we ever have imagined, and nature has given us a brain that survives in a changing world by changing itself. So your brain is constantly remodeling itself according to what it learns. Do you see the value of associating with new people, with new values and new priorities and new, new ambitions and drives and seeing yourself in a new light and seeing yourself and speaking the word of God instead of what you feel. It actually changed the architecture of the brain. It changes your brain. Experience, thoughts, feelings, actions all change the structure of the brain. Even memory is changed. Your brain is constantly producing new nerve cells. Did you know that? Remember the days when we were taught that you were born with all the nerve cells in the brain, all you could do throughout life is lose them after a certain age? That's enough to drive anybody to a donut shop after the age of 30. 
You know, you just sit there and figure out how many cells you're losing every day. But it's not true. Your brain is constantly making new brain cells. And, and those, those new brain cells actually migrate to certain areas of the brain. And two of them that, that are particularly relevant to me and important to me, because I'm always looking for God when I'm doing science, when I'm doing research, is the hippocampal area of the brain, which has to do with learning. The other area where these new nerve cells migrate is the amygdala, which has to do with emotional memory. And so what that tells me is that as we spend time with God, as our lifestyle lowers those inflammatory processes which cause those new nerve cells to commit suicide, it's one thing to create a new nerve cell, it's another thing for them to survive. So a healthy environment causes them to survive. But what this tells me about your God and mine is that you were engineered for increased learning over time and wisdom and healing from emotional trauma. That's your God. That's mine. You don't have to be stuck in a rut. You may have been thrown under the bus, but you can get out and drive it. Amen. You may have had a dark past, but you can have a bright future, and the choice is yours. We're going to talk about attitude today. But God has engineered you so that you really can get out of that rut. So by view viewing the brain as a muscle that can be strengthened or weakened, we can exercise our ability to determine who we become. Ellen White says, some have harder battles with self to fight. It may be harder for cer certain people with certain genes or environment, but harder is a long way from predetermination. Can I hear an, a nice, hearty Friday afternoon amen? Amen. So healing the broken brain has to do, Evelyn, you want me to, why don't you come? Do this piece? Okay. We try to plan ahead of time who's going to do what. We, we try not to interrupt each other. <laughs> I'm usually the one apologizing at the end of the day. So healing the, it's not, it's not funny, it's not that funny that you have to giggle. Okay. <laughs> so it begins with assessment. So this is so very important. We have conditions that we need to deal with. What we may think of as a spiritual problem or moral or, or psychological may actually be a physical condition. People have tumors. They have issues. There are certain forms of Parkinson, which actually may manifest as compulsive gambling. So know, know your stuff. Know your levels. Know what's going on. Work with a health professional. Does that make sense? So that you can appropriately address your issues. Then your environment is very, very important. Your environment is what surrounds you. Your external environment is what surrounds you, what you surround yourself with, and your internal environment of how you think, which we are going to deal with today at the end of the program. And then it's your lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that promotes peace. God has given us spiritual principles and connections with, with himself and with others. Time alone with God fills us, doesn't it? But time with each other is what matures us. That's what matures us. We can't grow in Christian graces via Skype or via Facebook. We grow when we get together and we have to listen to each other and adjust to different people and different personalities. Will you accept that challenge today and make other people that are in God's church part of your family? The Bible says we're members one of another. There are no flawless candidates. And learning to manage stress. That's a really key piece. So God has given us spiritual principles for securing peace. 
He's given us attitudes to practice which produce peace. They're called peptides. He has given us a lifestyle that promotes peace, and he's given us faith that preserves peace. Evelyn? Thank you, Vicki. If you'll look at the handout that you received when you came in, it says, Keys to Life, Beat Diabetes, Pre-Diabetes, and Overweight. And you'll see that we have these in categories. And Vicki and I came up with this as we were writing the Living Free book. Thank you. And uh, we had a list of a whole lot of things that would help us all to be healthier. So we organized this into a form that you're really just looking at three major areas. And so to create a lifestyle. What is a lifestyle piece that would add to your healing and, and uh, immunity and balancing blood sugar levels? So what is it, as you look down this list, that you would like to concentrate on? The first thing listed there is sleep. And we talked about that one yesterday. Getting enough sleep is, is a major key. Those who skimp on sleep will have a harder time losing weight and keeping blood sugar under control. That's when the body is healing. We all need that sound sleep for restoration, recovery, and renewal. So you'll see that there is a chart Monday through Sunday that you can start next week, and you can choose one of these things that we're going to be, list, be talking about, and maybe you'll want to make a chart for the next week and concentrate on something else. But a key component here is get enough sleep. If you have chronic pain, if you have uh, arthritis, if you have any of these lifestyle diseases, getting enough sleep is vital. Drinking enough water, and how much water is, um, are you carrying around with you? So I have three of them. One of them disappeared here, but at least four of these a day, right? <laughs> That's fine. So you're carrying your water bottle. There, there's one too. <laughs> so carrying your water bottle. How many of you think you're getting, you're probably getting enough water? Yeah, there's a few of you. How many of you think you're getting enough sleep? Ooh, we can, so both of those things we can work on. And then we're looking at nutrition. And we're looking at at least how many grams of fiber a day? 50. So we're, you know, we want at least 15 to 20 grams of fiber at every meal to make sure that we have that, uh, we're playing, you know, on offense. We're going to fill the body, we're going to fill that tank with what it needs. And this is critical. This is critical. This is the secret for keeping appetite under control and uh, for all the reasons we talked about yesterday. So making sure that you have that healthful breakfast. And a great breakfast would be a whole grain cereal like oatmeal or barley, fresh fruit, and nuts. Uh, some of that ground, ground flaxseed works well there too. Uh, berries is probably one of the very best in the high antioxidants. Um, having, making time for that lunch. I don't know if you're a lunch skipper, but sometimes people who skip the lunch, then by supper you're absolutely starving when you walk in the door. And then just about anything can happen when you're starving, right? Uh, so watching that. Uh, something that we haven't covered yet are the different types of fat. And I just want to show you very quickly how much fat are in some of these foods. Now this is about an eight ounce piece of meat. It's about the size of my hand. And I know you don't eat these things, but you, know, you, may, you may just use this as a, a context. This has about 60 grams of fat. 
in one tablespoon, there are 15 grams of fat. In two tablespoons, how much fat would that be? 30. In three tablespoons, there would be how much? 45. And in four tablespoons, there would be 60. So this is about how much fat would be in a high-fat steak. That's also about how much fat you would find in a burger and fries. 60 grams of fat. Six handfuls of Fritos. Six servings is about 60 grams of fat. And this is really meddling, sorry to tell you. But four pieces of cheese pizza has about 60 grams of fat. And when we go through those breakfast uh, places and get you know, the, the breakfast wraps and um, muffins or whatever, we get a dose of fat. Then for lunch, we get another dose of fat. And then for um, uh, our afternoon snack, we get this with our Mountain Dew, and we have another dose of fat. And then for supper, this is only one item at supper. Some people eat two of these, and they eat a baked potato with what on it? Fat, and a salad smothered with fat, and a dessert with fat, the wrong kinds of fats. And then for that afternoon, that midnight snack, you call up and you get another dose. And having this throughout the day creates an inflammatory condition. And when you mix that with a high sugar diet, you have the inflammation that is the root of these lifestyle diseases. And it also changes the appetite. We have that ghrelin, leptin and ghrelin that tells us when we're hungry and when we're full, and when you don't get enough sleep and you're, doing the, you're eating these kinds of foods. Then it throws off the biology, as we have been talking about yesterday. And so you are fighting a physiological war. So to know that, and to know that as you increase the fiber foods, your microbiota changes, your taste buds change, and you see at the end of the tunnel where you're going, and you say, I can do this, I, and, and to find a partner to do it with you uh, makes a big difference as well. But we want healthful fats. The brain, what percent of the brain do you think is fat? 50%. And we want the good kinds of fats. All the cells are, thank you, all, the, all the, the cells in the body have a layer of fat around them. So the integrity of the cell is affected by the types of fat we eat, well, how permeable it is, stuff can get in and out, and how resilient it is. But in the brain, we have all of these neurons, and the coating on that, the myelin sheet, is made of fat. So we want to eat healthful fats to, for that resiliency, to lower inflammation, and uh, it... it makes a difference in all those lifestyle diseases. So the walnuts high on the list, love those for breakfast. The chia seed, flax seed, um, the uh, soybean, any type of the soybean, the edamame uh, works, and the olives and avocados. But nuts are probably, nuts and seeds are way on the top of the list. And the Adventist Health Study found that, and later by Harvard, that one ounce of nuts a day can reduce your risk of heart disease by 50%. Now that's pretty powerful. Uh, have one of these five times a week, 
And that's really powerful. So God has packed into these nuts and seeds some really powerful nutrients and healthy fats and, and um, components that is going to help uh, restore the body. So making sure we get all of those. And then all the colors. We know to eat all the rainbows when, we're in, when we eat all these phytochemicals. This is restoring foods where your cells that are constantly changing. Even the fat cells are turning around and around. I do have one pound of fat here, but this is not something that just stays, although it feels like it. Once it gets there, it doesn't move. It's very biologically active. Uh, so things keep turning over. The cells keep turning. So we want to feed our body with things that are going to uh, build healthy cells. Okay, uh, exercise, that 10-minute walk. Anybody try that yesterday? Go for a 10-minute walk after eating? Yeah, if you, are check, if you check your blood sugar levels when you don't walk and check them when you do walk, you will find out that there is a big difference. I mean, it can come down at least 10 points. Walking at least 30 minutes a day and maybe even up to 60. Uh, the deep breathing. Let's everybody just take a deep breath. I'm going to count to five, and I want you to inhale and then hold it for six seconds and then blow it out slowly for six seconds. So here we go. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five. Hold it. One, two, three, four, five. Blow out. One, two, three, four, five. Just doing some nice deep breathing is another way to wake up your body. Trying to get that a good, uh, good form of uh, vitamin D and sunlight, being outside and being very um, responsible in the sunshine. Hydrotherapy. You know, just waking yourself up with uh, hot and cold showers. Now, if you're diabetic, you want to be really careful with this because sometimes you can't feel how hot the water is. And so, you know, if you've got some of the, your toes and fingers, you know, you want to be really careful here. But that, that contrast uh, shower of warm and then cool and then warm can help the body to heal and bring uh, blood to the surface there. Uh, enjoying a massage. How many of you get massage? Does anybody get a massage on a regular basis? Yeah, that's another way to lower stress in your life and to, it, can, it can really help in healing as well. So to create a lifestyle, what is it that you can start to implement on a regular basis? Choose at least one of those things and pay attention to that as the week goes by. The second is to create an environment. We have internal environment, and, and Vicki's going to spend some more time on this, of what do we say when we talk to ourselves? Listen to that conversation and ask yourself, is it the truth? Sometimes we've heard echoed in our past something that somebody said, and it stays with us, and it's kind of damaging to us. So maybe we need to change that conversation. An external environment. If you have M&Ms on your counter at home, guess what's going to happen? You're going to eat them. Yeah. So be careful what you have in sight. Have that nice bowl of fresh fruit that's available there. Uh, have your shoes by the door so it's easy to, to just slip those on and go outside for a 10-minute walk. And then the next stage is create a connection. We need each other. We were wired for each other. Find somebody else that's going on this journey with you. Do a program in your, in your church and say, you know, 
I am wanting to walk a, a journey of health, and I'm inviting all of you to come with me. And you just get our materials here, and it's, uh, it's all, you can just plug Vicki in, and she is going to talk. And then there's sheets that'll say, this is what you can talk about. And it'll be, a lot, it'll be a whole lot more fun and you have the support and walk together and pray together and support each other. And the last is to create a connection with God. Spend time with God every day. And he will continue to, to give you the power that you need to make those choices on a daily basis. And you will learn truth and you can tell yourself the truth because sometimes we are not telling ourselves the truth. So the three areas is to create a lifestyle, create an environment, and create connection. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's kind of a simple way to look at the big picture. It's not just about eating broccoli, and it's not just about drinking water, but it's about, um, oh, thank you, you've been doing that. <laughs> she knows my needs. Uh, and all of these things that we just talked about will help us in managing stress. When we get enough sleep, we can manage stress better. When we're eating well, when we're getting that water, when we spend time with other people and we have a support system, we can manage stress because we know what happens. When we're stressed out, we got a bag, crinkly bag that'll help us get through it or something like that, right? <laughs> so sometimes we have used food but you don't use food every time you get stressed. You have other stress mechanisms. What do you do when you get stressed? What's a healthy thing to do when you feel stressed? Go for a walk. You burn up that extra cortisol levels. What else do you do when you're under stress? Clean the house. All right, you, you have a nice shiny house. Okay, what else do you do? Get in the shower. Yeah, wash that away. Yeah, a hot bath if that... That's something that helps me. What do you do? Pray. Taking time to pray. Sometimes journaling. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. Look at it on paper. Pray over it. And there are some really healthy ways to deal with stress. Okay, Vicki. Let's see. Positive choices can make all the difference. And the more times we do the positive choice, there are, there are circuits in the brain, pathways in the brain, that are strengthened. The more time I do the right thing, the more this is uh, cemented into my brain and the easier it gets. And you have experienced that, especially with the water deal. For those of you who have learned to drink water, you naturally think, I want to drink water when I'm thirsty. And you don't have this war going on of what do I drink. Or that maybe it's some other area in your life that is so simple. But those things can become ingrained so they, they become second nature. Amen. So positive, intentional choices help restore the brain. Would you like a better brain? So would I. And these are the principles God has given to us. Amen. Thank you so much, Evelyn. Uh, all of those pieces that she is talking about are so important. Do you, do you see how we can't separate any one thing? It's not all about food. It's, not all, it's, it's about all of these pieces that God is healing in our lives. And it's so precious. Um, I, 
will tell you honestly, this has been one of the most wonderful classes of my entire camp meeting experiences, being able to visit with people. I've been coming early. That was not always so. I am actually an introvert, and I would hide in my room until it was class time. And the Lord has had to heal that predisposition in me. Uh, uh, and I'm so grateful that, because then when you're hiding in your room, then what are you doing while you're hiding in your room, Georgiana? Evelyn knows, many years ago, I had to have a York patty with me at all times just for security uh, when I was going to be around a lot of people. I'm so grateful now I don't have a York patty with me today. I have you. Amen. Amen? So we must allow God to wash over us and show us and heal us in the areas of our lives that are driving the behaviors that hurt us. Amen? Or that weaken us. Because what's a, you know, it's not a big deal to be in your room and read a devotional book and eat a York patty. It's really not a big deal, but it's not, you know, it, it, it's, it's not God's best for me. God's best for me is what I'm supposed to be doing, which is people. And, and so I'm so grateful for that healing, amen? And then, you know, if I would make a mistake, poor Evelyn, we've been together for, I don't know, 17 years as colleagues, and I'd make a mistake at a PowerPoint, you know, who's going to land on all fours? You know you're going to get a letter about it, or it's on tape, or, you know, that's what they're going to remember when they leave. And I would just stress over it for days and days and days and get a migraine and talk about it, think about it, you know. And, and I, somebody sent me a quote the other day. It said, did you really have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes that you milked all day? And someone finally told me, Vicki, you're special, but you're not that special. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. People forgot all about it. They're out playing golf. <laughs> And so it, the Lord is turning our attention away from ourselves. We need to get ourselves off of our minds, and our security is in him. He builds us up. He loves us even when we make mistakes. We're so hard on ourselves. But let's not, let's not fall short of God's ideal for us. Amen? Let's just keep saying yes. How many of you want to keep saying yes to Jesus when he shows us these footholds that, holds that can become strongholds? So let's go on now. The idea that the brain is like a muscle that grows with exercise. It's not just a metaphor. Amen? Huh. Amen? Amen? It's not just an idea. It's a reality. So as I practice, there's a saying, practice makes, it also makes permanent. It also makes permanent. Permanent changes. So when the Lord says that he, when you give your heart to him, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? He's a new creature. All things are passing away. All things are becoming new. Every day, he wants to make you a little more new. Amen? So positive stepping stones make new positive choices every day. Learn from your mistakes. Don't give up and trust God. Trust God. Attitude isn't just something. <laughs> A good attitude will get you good altitude when it comes to achieving forward movement in life. You know, we just want to take a step up Jacob's ladder. How many of you would like to take a step up Jacob's ladder and not go back down? You know, you may, your foot may slip off the rung, but you're, you're on that rung. Dude, you're going up, not down. Amen? By God's grace. Someone said a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You're not going to get very far until you what? Change it. And you know what? 
pride and self-pity hide in our hearts. We don't see it. We don't even understand that it's there. We can see it in another person, but we don't see it in ourselves. And God is in the loving business of taking all those, that shifting sand out of our characters. So it is in the news, whether battling a cold, beating a bad mood, or braving a new task, mindset matters. Have you ever heard a, a parent tell their teenager, you need a attitude adjustment? That's right. I think we've all felt that need at one time or another. So what is mindset? It's your basic outlook on life. Your basic outlook on life. I'll never forget this. this Evelyn is a very cheerful person. She's a very optimistic person. She comes from a line of people that just, they face down their troubles and they're positive and they see light at the end of the tunnel. And I come from the exact opposite. You know, I can, in my mind, before I get out of bed in the morning, I can have myself at a shelter serving chicken, you know, just forgotten by everybody. And, and so Evelyn has this, this resiliency, this, and people live longer, happier lives, even with bad habits when they have that kind of an attitude. And so one night, we have these lovely worships together in the morning and evening when we are on trips together. And one, one, one evening I asked her at worship, after worship, I said, what, what is your first thought when you open your eyes in the morning? And Evelyn, she said, oh, I just think, what an awesome new day it's going to be. I wonder what new adventure and positive thing is going to happen to me today. Uh, it's just going to be an awesome, and I just, I was, I was almost like a little irritated. I thought, no. It's like a sign I saw on an executive's desk. It said, you're, you're smiling because you don't understand the situation. So then, she gets a little curious, well, what, you know, what's your first? And I think, well, this is my old self. Oh, but I said it wasn't too long ago, huh? <laughs> if I'm not watching, if I let my flesh have dominion, my thought would be, so far, so good. <laughs> but now, through habit, through practice, through, through saying the truth instead of, unstable emotions, guess what happens? You become new. Your attitude becomes new, and even the genetic expression that controls those, those neurotransmitters in your brain, they change. Amen? Amen? So God has created your brain to improve with proper care, use, and exercise. Have you ever had a pity party that nobody wanted to attend? Oh, that's just a real drag. And then where do you end up? At Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Or whatever. Fill in the blank. Your brain, though, is constantly reshaping itself according to what it learns. And that is just an amazing gift from God. It's a gift. That's one of the reasons we want your insulin levels to go down. We want your metabolic soup to get healthy because when the metabolic soup is not healthy, the brain is resistant to receiving glucose and those new cells die. How many of you want to keep those brain cells alive and thriving? Because those new nerve cells are produced every day in substantial numbers, and they migrate to these neuronal neighborhoods to make a new you. So every day, God is giving you a new opportunity to be new, think new, uh, have new motives, new desires, new motivation, new perseverance, 
that's a gift from heaven. It's a treasure. And he has created your biology to cooperate with the inspiration of his spirit and the change of heart that only he can do. Amen? Amen. But we've got to cooperate. We've got to co- Blessed are they that do. That's when the change takes place. I love this quote by Dr. John Rady. He's a, a psychiatrist from Harvard University who wrote A User's Guide to the Brain. How do you like that title? Experiences, thoughts, actions, and emotions actually change the structure of our brains. I mean, we have to create some new experiences. My dear friend, uh, Georgiana, she was telling me yesterday that she works in a a restaurant. She works in a superstore that has all kinds of options, but a lot of the food that she prepares as a chef uh, is not the food that she would choose to prepare if she had the option, but she said, you know what? I'm so thankful for this opportunity, and I'm learning, and one day I know that God's going to give me an opportunity to practice my craft uh, in a setting that is going uh, to win souls for him. Now, that is a beautiful attitude, amen? That is an attitude choice. She could say, you know, and then go down that rabbit hole. And where does it get you? Nowhere. Nowhere. But one necessary precursor to change is often a change of attitude. Does a negative mindset send you mountain climbing over molehills? It may rob you of the true strength that you need when real challenges do come. And that's, that's, our, the, that's the devil's method, to just continually weaken you and then slam you. But if you can practice these principles every day, then when the temptation comes, when the enemy comes, when a trial comes, when an obstacle comes, by faith, I, I just read the other morning in my worship, by faith, walk, she, excuse me, she says, walk the narrow plank of faith. And what's the other option? Feelings, circumstances, and what I see. But God wants us to look to the unseen. The heart of health is hope. Hope in our hindrances. Hope in our heartaches. He's able to subdue all things. He heals the brokenhearted. Uh, Hope in our habits. He sets the captive free. And hope for heaven. That's the heart of health, is hope. And our hope is in him. So this is uh, based on research by Dr. Carol Dweck. And the question is, do you have a fixed or a growth mindset? A fixed or a growth mindset? approach to life. This is very interesting material. Fixed mindsets believe that ability and personality are basically inborn, unchangeable, and set in stone. The fixed mindset believes that if he has to work at improving, it means he is lacking in some basic ability. For the fixed mindset, every situation calls for a confirmation of intelligence, personality, and character. Every situation is evaluated. Will I succeed or will I fail? Will I look smart or dumb? Will I be accepted or rejected? Will I be a winner or a loser? Toddlers, this is research by Carol Dweck. She wrote the book, Mindset, very interesting book. Toddlers, uh, there can be a genetic predisposition for this mindset. It also is a learned mindset, and it is a cultural mindset. So, uh, So toddlers, with this mindset, we'll choose, we'll choose easy puzzles because they have to affirm that to themselves that they are smart. 
So the fixed mindset believes that if you have to work at improving, it means that you're lacking in basic intelligence or innate ability. The fixed mindset views themselves as smart or dumb, strong or weak, competent or incompetent, winners or losers, successes or a failure. And this monologue is going on constantly in their brain. Constantly. And it creates a state of hopelessness, worthlessness, meaninglessness in life. One of the, uh, the upticks in suicide is due to a factor prevalent in depressive people that they just don't have hope. They don't see a way out. They don't see a way forward in life. They don't see solutions. The fixed mindset uh, is very prone to this kind of condition. So the fixed result, folks tend to avoid challenges. They give up easily. They see effort as fruitless because it should be natural. They ignore advice and they are easily threatened. Uh, I don't know if you, she, met, she does mention some sports figures in her book, and I don't, some of you are old enough to remember the Wimbledon matches when um, John McEnroe was a player there, and uh, people would watch tennis who didn't even care about tennis to watch this man throw temper, temper tantrums. He'd break his racket, he'd scream, it was the, it was the call, it was some, the wrong kind of sand, it was, because after all, he was a natural athlete, and he himself has recognized uh, this, and he did get into challenges with the kinds of things that fixed mindset people do. He has talked about this, the challenges with uh, some various substances and things of that nature. Uh, now, in, in, uh, in my town, in Lansing, who's that basketball player? I always say he's tall, but they're all tall. Who's the famous basketball player? Michael Jordan, yeah. Um, when he didn't do well at his craft and didn't get into the, the program, his mother would just say, well, go practice more. You need to go practice. If you go practice, you'll get better. And guess what? Then you'll be a natural athlete. That's the way it works. So as a result, the fixed mindset is often more focused on how will I look rather than what can I learn? Isn't that just the best question to ask when you're in a mess? What can I learn? Let's say that together. What can I learn from this situation? You may have gotten yourself in this situation. You don't know how you got there. You don't know how to get out. But if you ask the Lord, what can I learn? He will help you get out. Amen? So the fixed mindset traits tend to be negative. These tend to be negative personalities. They, have, they tend to have a lot of self-pity, a lot of ruminating. They're anxious, depressed, and unforgiving. Isn't it an interesting thing that, a, that an outlook and a mindset can be at the root of so many problems? That, that we might get psychological counseling or lifestyle for depression, or we have a grudge, we go to a grief thing, but at, but at the bottom, even though we may have those things from other causes, often our mindset will exacerbate a very real problem. And so we stay there longer. Does anybody resonate with that? Longer. No recipe for solving the problem. No recipe for getting yourself out of a bad mood or a funk. 
So Benjamin Barber, who is a sociologist quoted in Mindset, says this. He says, I don't divide the world into the weak or the strong or successes and failures, those who make it or those who don't. I divide the world into learners and non-learners. Isn't that just incredible? I was doing an addictions program one time in another state, and there was a fellow uh, in the audience, and we did this presentation, and he started to weep. He, can't, he had been, spent years in prison. He had addictions, drug addictions. He'd been a dealer and all kinds of other nefarious things. And he told me afterwards, he said, Vicki, I never understood that a fixed mindset, a perfectionistic attitude, actually, a perfectionistic attitude was at the root of all of my problems. I didn't know how to solve a problem because I was supposed to do it perfectly. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't believe in progress and Christian Christian maturity and growth, uh, it doesn't mean that at all. It means actually the, the learner mindset is actually going to get there. The fixed mindset is going to give up because they don't have hope, they don't have courage, they don't have joy in their journey. You know, I want for us to begin to enjoy our walk with God as we learn and grow. How many of you would like to enjoy your walk with God as he tenderly grows you in the areas that you need? Growth mindsets, however, believe that although people do differ in basic aptitude and temperament, everyone can learn, grow, change, and improve if you choose. Does that sound like a healthier mindset to you? Does it sound like a biblical mindset to you? In fact, toddlers with this mindset will choose hard puzzles. They are not afraid of the challenge of not being able to put the puzzle together. They like the challenge of new things, and it doesn't threaten their egos. They have a passion for stretching and growing even when they're making mistakes and facing challenges. I'll never forget our first book, uh, the first edition. We're in the fourth edition of the Simple Solutions book now, and I, I would call myself probably when I came to the Lord, came into ministry, I was a classic fixed mindset probably in every area of my life. Uh, um, and so it, it, you could probably, you, some of you may be thinking of areas of your, of your journey where you have this kind of fixed attitude about yourself or about other people. But we published this amazing, wonderful book, Simple Solutions. We still have it in the fourth edition. It's, it's, a, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. And in the first edition, there were uh, six places that had an 800 number. And Dane and I uh, purchased, we thought, that 800 number. And this was our first project for the conference. We were hired as a team. Our, we just wanted to show our loyalty and do everything perfect, perfect, perfect. It was just going to be absolutely perfect because we prayed over it. And we just, we researched everything and it was all going to be just amazing. So this phone number thing, we got to press day and we hadn't been able to get through on that line. But we said, we decided, go ahead and print the book. <laughs> and the book went to press, because how can, I mean, God's in it. How can it be a mistake, right? Everything is perfect. We've got even the images, real careful about the images, and all positive, and good referencing, and great info, spiritual content. So finally, the, we print our first 20,000 books. It gets off the press. Dane is able to get through on the number, and it's a specialty tobacco company. So if you call that 800 number and you're really stressed, we have a tobacco for you. 
the guy was new age. And the more we begged him for the number, the more we begged him to sell us this number, the more he thought there was something mystical about it, and he wouldn't sell it to us. So we, as new employees, had to go to, the, to Jay Gallimore, our conference president, as new employees, and tell him what happened. And I remember laying in bed that day and saying, you know, I was thinking this would be a great day to get hit by a train. I, I just, like, I don't have pneumonia. You know, they would at least pity me if I had pneumonia. I mean, there's, I have to go in and I have to tell. And I did. I went to the office. I can't remember where Dane was, but it was my, I had to go in and do this. And I saw, when I told Elder Gallimore what happened, I saw him go, like that, a little, it was a, one of those micro and then, and then he composed himself immediately. And he, he was very gracious. I, I thought it, my job was over. And he just said, well, you know, uh, we need to, he's immediately focused on a solution. Well, you've learned now, we need to check those phone numbers. <laughs> you know, check those phone numbers next time. And uh, I, it, it, the, the graciousness with which I was treated made me so loyal that if I could, to this day, if I could work for the conference for free, I would do so. I was so loyal. I was, I, I'm tr I was so grateful for what, for what Elder Gallimore, for the example he set me on how to treat others who make mistakes. Amen? It was just a beautiful learning experience for me. Years later, I found out that it actually provided jobs for Gloss students because they had to put 60,000 stickers uh, in the book. And the person who headed up the project was at a supper club I was doing, and he said, did you notice how straight those stickers were? He was really proud of the job they did. But what a wonderful opportunity when someone messes up. To, to, they, they, they will be so grateful for your mercy, for your kindness when you mess up. And it, doesn't our Savior do that for us? When we really sincerely want to learn, but we don't understand our own instability, we don't understand how shallow we are, we don't understand our lack of love for others, we go to our Father in heaven in prayer, we talk to him about it, he leads us in his word because his word is medicine. And then he heals us and strengthens us and puts us, picks us up and puts us forward. You must never give up. You must never give up. So growth mindsets tend to embrace challenges, Persist in the face of obstacles. Amen? In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But we must have physical, mental, and spiritual health. It isn't handed to us on a platter. And it doesn't happen with the snap of the fingers. It happens through the miracle we all need to pray for, which is perseverance, and surrender. They tend to see effort as the path to mastery. They learn from criticism. They are not defeated by failure. They're inspired by other people's success. The growth mindset person may not feel smart, but they want to get smart, and they're willing to work at it. Amen? I want to tell you the story of Wilma Rudolph. How many of you have heard her name? Wilma Rudolph. Wilma uh, is a great example of a learner mindset. She, but the good news is a learner mindset can be learned. And I, I would put myself in, the category, in that category of having to have learned a learning mindset. But Wilma was born prematurely. 
the 20th of 22 children. She was sickly. She contracted serious bouts of measles, mumps, chickenpox, pneumonia, scarlet fever, and polio. It was the polio that left her with a paralyzed leg. Doctors predicted she would never walk, and she was, uh, at age six, fitted with a steel brace. So when no one was around, she would secretly remove it and drag herself along the furniture until it became strong enough for her to take a few steps. She had a growth mindset. She was positive in spite of the uh, situation that she had experienced, all the sickness. She tended to be more self-forgetful, trusting of God, and resilient as well as forgiving. These are the traits of the growth mindset. So I don't want to show you that slide yet. Wilma learned to walk, and in high school, she joined the track team. Can you imagine somebody that uh, is crippled or had a history of being crippled and poor joining a track team? She roundly lost almost every meet. She roundly lost almost every meet in high school. But in her own words, she said, whether at a track event at school or at the Olympics, I love the exhilaration that comes with simply what? Improving. So she was not, here, this is key, she was not comparing herself with the others who were stronger, brighter, faster, didn't have that history. She only was comparing herself with her own what? Improvement. And what an amazing thing that is. I'm so grateful for her example. She was called the Black Gazelle. Wilma was the first woman to win three gold medals for the fastest speed in the world at the Summer Olympics of 1960. But Wilma was more than that. She was more than an Olympiad. She was a Christian. And as a Christian, she wanted to do more. She started the Wilma Rudolph Foundation to help children learn the blessing of discipline and hard work. She died of a brain tumor at the age of 54, but she died victorious, not for her medals, but for her outlook on life and her faith in God. Amen? That's the mindset I want. The good news is that a fixed mindset really is fixable. We are not prisoners, Dr. Rady says, of our genes or our environment. Poverty, alienation, drugs, hormonal imbalances, and depression do not dictate failure. Amen. Wealth, acceptance, vegetables, and exercise do not guarantee success. We must remember that genetics is not destiny. Genes set boundaries for human behavior, but within these boundaries there is immense room for variation determined by experience, personal choice, and even chance. We always have the ability to remodel these brains of ours. How many of you want to have a healthy metabolic soup so that you can do this? That's what those walks are about. That's what these vegetables are about. That's what this lifestyle program is about. God wants to remodel you for the second coming. And the only way he can do it is if you cooperate with the process. Quitting really isn't an option. Um, just remember where you came from. You don't want to go back there. God wants to heal what sin has broken and taken away. So what are a few simple steps? First of all, determine to identify and replace faulty internal monologues. I get up in the morning and I say, Lord, you are not worried about one thing on my list. I say it out loud. 
You are not anxious about the things that I'm anxious about. You are not worried, and this is not a problem for you. And then we read those Bible stories that, that make it true. It is true. Amen? Amen? You are calm upon your throne. So I am going to cast my care, but do my responsibility. The results are in your hands. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's new. He's a new creation. Old things are passing away. All things are becoming new every day. His mercies are new every morning. His regenerating power is new every morning. So the helpless become hopeful. The brokenhearted are healed. New motives inspire the heart. But it's a process that requires perseverance, practice, patience, and prayer. But it's a life-saving, powerful step. Every step you take is powerful. So you can make this decision right now that you will not, uh, that you will not give up. You will make choices every day for Christ. He says, I will lead you in a new way. He wants to do a new thing in you. Amen? I will lead you in paths you haven't even known. These things I will do for you, I will not forsake you. God will plant deep within you a willingness and a desire to improve the way you think, speak, and live. How many of you want that from God? You know, we want the car, we want the rent, we want the nice boss, we want the kids to sit down and, you know, sit at our feet and bless us. We want a lot of things. But what I just told you here is what really is going to win the day. That's what's going to win the day. Not getting everything we want. It's what we need. And with what he gives us, we will receive joy, peace, and strength. Because you will be a living example of his restoring power. Because you understand what the healing process looks like. And it's not always gorgeous. So, read the Bible. Spend time with God in prayer for direction and power. Second, train your mouth to speak God's word and not your own trust, untrustworthy feelings. Amen? Amen? Very, very important. Our words have a powerful effect on ourselves and on others. So when you learn God's words, you must speak them more often and more naturally. You will. You will have power to overcome. A wholesome tongue, the Bible says, is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue does what? Crushes the spirit. It crushes yours. It crushes, crushes mine. I can get up in the morning and then I can say, I dread this day. I can't see anything good that will come of it. That's feelings. That's the flesh. Or I can say, God, thank you for this day of life. Thank you that you'll give me strength and wisdom to meet the challenges that I am going to face this day. That's recognizing feelings, but choosing faith. Amen? Amen? And as you do this, God will reward you with a thankful attitude. He will reward you with feelings of trust and faith. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Though They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So all the days of the troubled are evil, but he whose heart is glad has an unending feast. We can feast on truth when everything else is falling apart. Amen? Think of those three Hebrews in the fiery furnace. Third, hold yourself accountable. You may have a dark past, but you can have a dark future, but it all depends on attitude. And the change begins when we face the truth and refuse to make excuses for wrong behavior. There may be a reason why you are where you are, but you don't have to make an excuse. It will be your undoing. Self-pity and bitterness are the real enemies of peace, joy, and progress. 
Forgiveness is a gift of God, and it's free. It frees us from the bondage of our guilty past and the sins that others have committed against us. Amen? We think we forgive someone just once and it's all over. That would be, that's ridiculous. That's like thinking you're going to take one shower and be done with dirt. We're going to have opportunities every day to exercise the gift of forgiveness. Ourselves, others. No matter how challenging your life has been, you can refuse to make excuses. Behold, he says, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Jesus was described as a root out of what kind of ground? Dry. What did he have? He only had the nourishment from his father. He didn't make his environment an excuse uh, for falling apart. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It's amazing what he promised. He wants to do a new thing in you. He wants you to have joy and strength even when you're facing trials and tunneling through trouble. It doesn't mean that we don't have tears. It doesn't mean we don't talk to our friends about our challenges. But you're, you understand as well as I do that the way we talk about things, uh, we can prophesy doom and gloom into our future and we will run right into it, just like a deer runs into a, a forest fire. Or we can express our troubles, get prayer, get faith, and get going. Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. That's what we need to do. Almost done. Choosing a new way of thinking is like learning any other skill. It takes what? Friends, I practice what I am talking to you about today. It is not natural to my fleshly nature, but it is, it is natural to my spiritual nature. And my spiritual nature requires that I practice these things in order for it to grow. Amen? It takes prayer. It takes the power of God. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are troubled and weighted down with care, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. This is a promise of hope. So is your heart aching under a load of care? Have you been searching for peace and power in the wrong place? Have you tried to change for the better and failed time and time again? Worry is blind. It cannot see the future. But God sees and knows everything about you. He knows your circumstances, where you've been, where you're headed. He wants to guide you, comfort you, and teach you his ways. Do you believe that today? Raise your hand if you believe that. He accepts you. He loves you. He says, learn of me, and you will find rest for your soul. How many of you would like to make the decision to have more of a learner mindset? Learn of me, he says. Christ has made every provision He's died to set you free and fill you with a new heart and a new mindset. And that includes a mindset of hope and perseverance. Hope and perseverance and victory. He is the best teacher. He's the best teacher. How many of you would like to ask for this gift in your heart? If that's your decision, to have more of a learner mindset, a deeper walk with God, and the provision that he provides through perseverance, practice, and patience. Won't you stand up and we'll have closing prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to adore you. We want to thank you for engineering us for success. We thank you that you want to rebuild broken pathways, broken habits, broken hearts, broken brains, broken health. You are making us citizens of heaven. 
And it is through trial and suffering that we often learn these deep lessons of trust. But amid all of our afflictions, we have comfort, we have hope, we have strength only in you. Lord, we don't know all the answers, but we are uniting ourselves with someone who does. So I pray that you put a deep craving in our hearts to spend time with you, not just time rushing through studies, but sitting in your presence. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, that everlasting path to joy. For your joy is our strength. We pray in Jesus' name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.